episode 181 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Coming to you today from a bright day in Lima. Not sunny yet, but it's bright. bright. Out, okay. So well, I'll it is bright now. It is bright here in Toronto as well. Okay. That's bright good. in both always places. You know why it's bright? <laughs> you know why it's well. bright? Because it's not late at night. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> like last time, last time that I had to, I had my voice low because everybody then decided to go to bed because it was late when we were recording. Right. right. Uh, we had several messages of like, "How late was it?" And like, "Yeah, uh, was Sandy okay?" <laughs> because yeah. people were concerned that you were speaking at such a low volume that maybe yeah. you were unwell or maybe you were just like overly exhausted but I think you weren't I think you were just being quiet no. yeah I was just I was trying to be quiet they probably couldn't have heard but then you know when you have the headphones on and you're speaking you're just not sure mm. my dad for sure would not have been able to hear because he would have has had his um his hearing aids out so right <laughs> you know probably nobody could have heard now that I really think about it because you know. <laughs> well <laughs> well it's done and over with <laughs> yeah exactly it's done, exactly it's done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, glad to hear uh, that you're having uh, a bright and uplifting weather day over there in Lima. Yeah, I am. I am. Because yeah. it's not always like that down there. No. And so I was telling you a bit earlier. So I, I, I came home from Canada um, after extending my trip because my dad was sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, unexpectedly and then I had a friend arriving the same day from Poland to visit me for five days and so you know she we had a great a great time um, and Monica listens so hello Monica she's mm-hmm. right now in Arequipa so um, very excited for her for her trip but um, Phil said to her like what's one thing that surprised you about Lima and she said the weather and she said that she thought that I maybe was just exaggerating slightly about how crappy the weather can be here in the winter and so I just want everyone who's listening to know that I'm not just a whiny baby I not just a whiny baby because I am a whiny baby (laughs) but not but not just one of those correct and that yeah I I mean she she was she did not expect it to be as cold uh, as it was, and it yeah. was just very gray. I don't. I think we maybe had one day it was a little drizzly when she was here, but uh, it was windy for some reason. So, you know, it was just yeah, and un- we unpleasant. You know, yeah, yeah. I remember but, the. Uh, I I've been to South Africa twice because my 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 longest time girlfriend is South African, and so I've gone with her and her family on two separate occasions. And the first time we went, we went in like their summertime, yeah. and it was hot and sunny the whole time we were there. And but the second time we went, it was their winter time, and I remember like being told like this is sort of the temperature that it is in the winter this is kind of how it is like this is the stuff you need to bring and I and I did I did bring the clothes that they told me to bring like they said like you'll need some hoodies you'll need a jacket like and I did bring those things but 
I didn't, I, I definitely under anticipated how cold it was going to be. Mm. And I feel like this is sort of the same, like, like, because yeah. we, we just have this sense that I think it's a couple of things. One, I think we have this general sense that anytime you're going south, it's going to be warm. But of course, mm -hmm. that isn't true. It's just if you're close to the equator, it's warm, right? If you yeah. keep going further south, it gets just as cold as it can get up here. So I think that's one of the problems. But I think the other problem is that there's more like there's more going on with how weather feels than just what the number of the temperature is exactly right That's and it. so if it's windy or if it's really humid or if it's really damp yeah. or you know like and i think mm -hmm. that's what i wasn't anticipating when i was in south africa was that it was very damp and so yeah. It was cold, but then it felt colder than what it was, you know, yeah. and then and of did course, they, and the homes are not heated. I was just going to ask you that. Are the homes equipped for that? So it's the same thing here. So. Right. And so I think that's some of it too, is that you're outside yeah. and it's chilly, but then you come inside and sometimes it felt colder inside than it did outside. Yes. 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 And so yes. I remember and there's a for, lot of for most of that trip, like we just wore all of the clothes we had, like we just <laughs> wore all of our clothes layered up on top of, on top of each other because we yeah. just, you know, needed to find some warmth, right? Drank a lot yeah, of robust yeah. tea, uh, you know, sat with blankets whenever we could, you know, but, but I mean, yeah. we had a, we had a great trip. It was super fun, but I remember thinking like, wow, I, I, I know I was told that it was going to be cold, but like, this is colder than I thought. Yeah. 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 And the, and you're exactly right. It has to do with, are the homes equipped for that temperature? Also, what, what materials are used to make the houses? Mm -hmm. Like what's on the floor? Or if it's tile? These, ho these homes, every home we were in, it was a yeah. tile floor. Yeah. And then you have once it can be sunny during the day and you feel the warmth of the sun. But as soon as the sun goes away, mm -hmm. it is so bloody cold and it can happen so quickly. Yep. You know, so, yeah. And I, I that that for sure was I mean, she's she's Polish. She's used to like she said, there was already on September 10th. There's already snow like at yeah. home. Yeah. you know, in the mountains. So it's, it's not that she's not used to cold temperatures. It's just that, just like you said, and, and I think any, any city that's on the coast also deals with what happens when you are that close to, you know, a body of water, mm -hmm. you know, moisture that's picked up from it that carries through, you know, so anyway, Anyways, I mean, the gray sky did not dull our visit um, yeah. with each oh, I'm other. I'm so glad, just, so glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah, it was, it was lovely. It's easy. You know, you sometimes you can know someone for a long period of time, but then travel with them or have them in your home, and you're just like, oh, boy, this is harder than just going and meeting somebody somewhere to do something with or have a coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that is not, that is not the relationship, you know, with her and I, even though 
you know, we hadn't seen each other in five years and before mm. that, and it had been three years. So yeah, I'm already okay. anticipating where we will meet up again in the world, you know? Ooh, so, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, anyways, that's, it was lovely. It was lovely. That's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let me change gears here a little bit because I do have a story that I've been holding on to, that I've been oh holding on to because I wanted to tell it on the podcast. So, okay. Okay. Because it's related to food. That's why I had just, that's why I had to okay. be saved for, for the podcast. So, okay. Hit me up. There was a day earlier this week where um, Mark texted me. It was like getting to the end of the work day and he texted me and he was like, um, I'm really hungry. Do you think we can get takeout tonight? And, and so I said, so I said, sure. Like, it's fine with me. Like I, um, I'm happy to whatever I had in my fridge, I'm happy to save that for the next day and, and get takeout. Right. And so I said, sure. I said, what do you want? And he said anything. And so, <laughs> but like he, he typically likes the same kinds of things. And so, and so I said, okay. And, but, and he, and he frequently has a preference. Like, like he often yeah. will say like, let's order this. Like he, it, it's very rare that he would just say, let's get takeout. Like usually it would be let's order wings or let's order Osmos or let's order, you know, like he'll say something specific. Right. And so this time he was like anything. And I said, okay, but do you have like a preference? Like, are you feeling like one type of food? And he was like, no, he's like, really? He's like anything. Okay. So, so then I start like scrolling through and like looking at different options and thinking, and I'm going to like looking at all of the like regular places that we would order from. He likes a burger. He likes chicken wings. He likes pizza. He likes a barbecue. He likes Greek food. Like, you know, so I'm looking at all these different like places and thinking about, you know, like, what should I order? What should I order? What should I order? And then I had a moment where I was like, I don't feel like any of this. And like, the thing is, typically when it comes to food for me, I don't typically have something that I'm like, this is the one thing that I'd really, really like, you know, like if you said, let's get this 99 times out of a hundred, I'll be like, great. That sounds awesome to me. Or you say, let's get this great. That sounds fine too. You know, like, so I typically mm -hmm. let like the people that I'm, that I'm going out with or that I'm ordering with pick what we have, because I truly don't usually have a preference yeah. But on this particular day, as I was like scrolling through, looking at all these different like usual places, I was like, I don't really feel like that. Like, I don't really feel like that either. I don't really feel like that either. And I was like, I really feel like Mexican. <laughs> like, I really feel like Mexican food. And so, okay. because, you know, that is my favorite. And so I like, I, so I look at this like little like Mexican place and they have, you know, a menu that's got a bunch of different things on it, like different, uh, different tacos. And they had like Mexican street corn and they had all sorts of different stuff that just like all of it appealed to me. 
And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to order. And I even had a moment where I was like, is this the right decision? Like, because the thing is, like, it's not Mark's pick. You know, like it, yeah. he would, he, of all the things, like if you said like, what would you want to eat? It's never going to be something that he's going to say, this is what I want. In fact, I think he'd never had Mexican or even Mexican adjacent food until he oh, met me. Boy. Like, I don't think he'd even had okay. it before, okay. you know? And, yeah. and so I was, so I had a moment of like, should I get this? And I was like, you know what? Yes. He said anything. I double checked oh, if there was boy. any preference. He said no. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna order what I think like he'll like and what I'll like. And was this because it could also just be a teaching moment for him. <laughs> it could be absolutely. It could be for sure. For sure, okay. you're absolutely okay. right. And I think maybe it turned into that. So, so I ordered, I ordered Mexican street corn, delicious. Okay. They had wow. some sort of like dish like a side dish that was called Mexican potatoes that was kind of like hash browns that had like hot peppers and like cheese and stuff yep. in it and I thought he'll like that for sure so I ordered that and then I got four different tacos um a shrimp one a fish one a chorizo one and a pork one and and so then I thought like you know, he can like see what there is and he can pick and choose what he wants is a little bit of a selection, you know, a little bit of a smorgasbord, like it'll be so great. And I was very excited <laughs> about it. I was super, super excited about it. And so the food arrived like minutes before he did. And so I like went, got the food, brought it up into like brought it up upstairs put it on the counter and then he came in the door and I was like oh perfect timing like the food just got here and and uh and but then it was like at that moment that I was like oh maybe I maybe I just did something I shouldn't have done you know like I just had this moment <laughs> of like uh-oh and so I said to him I said so I ordered something new and I think you're gonna like it but I said, now that you're here, I'm having second thoughts. And he was like, oh, okay. And so I like put it, like I opened it all up. I put it all in front of and he just sort of looked at it like. Mm. Oh no. Mm. <laughs> and so I said, you said you had no preference and that I could get anything. And he was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, he really liked what I'd ordered. He loved the potato. Okay. He loved the shrimp taco. He loved the fish taco. He left the corn for me, which was perfect. Um, so it did go over really well. And so he, and so then, cause I said, Oh my goodness. I said, I, I had this moment of like panic that I just like ordered something and now you weren't going to like it at all. And you were so hungry. And then you, now you have nothing. And, and, and so he was like, no, no, he's like, it's fine. Um, he said, we've had Mexican before. He's like, I remember we went to that one restaurant. And I'm like, like, I don't know, like six years ago, we went to one Mexican <laughs> one. restaurant. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, okay. Anyway, it was, it, it turned out all right. But I do mm -hmm. have, a, and so he, I mean, I was in heaven. It was delicious. The corn was magnificent. Uh, the chorizo sauce, the, the chorizo taco was delicious. I saved the pork taco and had it two days later. Like, 
it was everything I needed in that moment. It was so perfect. Um, perfect. But I do have a, although he says it was fine, I do have a sense that the next time he wants takeout, he will tell, <laughs> he will tell me exactly what he wants. <laughs> yes, be much more specific about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just oh, thought, you know, my. like this is I I so rarely have a moment when I truly like feel like one specific thing and that was it. And yeah. so I took it. Yeah. Yeah. Good for I, you. I mean, I see, I that's also. Yeah, that's that's also not, you know, a typical Henny move. You would have just thought I'm just going to order because I know this is what he likes, even mm-hmm. if I'm not really like I'll eat it. Just like you said, you know, it's mm-hmm. like here or there. But and you were like, you know, this is what he said. If, I mean, if you if you say that, then you need to like mean what you say. Ab- you know? Well, and that's it. Like and like it was first it was anything. And then when I double checked, it was no, I, I have no preference. So, well, OK, then. And I mean, yeah, he, he's, exactly. he, he wouldn't complain anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I did, I did have a moment of like, uh, oh, I think yeah, I, I think yeah, I yeah. did the wrong like, thing, but, but I didn't, I didn't, I, I did well. Yeah. I did well. well very <laughs> good. I'm very happy very, to hear that. It was very delicious. Oh my goodness. My goodness. Very, very delicious. Yeah. My goodness, I, last week with Monica being here, she'd never had ceviche. And so uh, I think we had uh, three or four times we had it at different places. So much so that that she was like, no, she said the first one, I can't compare like to say anything because it's the first time I've had it. So it's like anything when you've had the first time of something, that is what, that you think that that's, that's what it is you either like it or you don't like it right yeah but then 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 we had another time and it was different because each restaurant does do yeah, just yeah, do yeah. it a little different right yeah yeah um and the second restaurant was probably my favorite ceviche because I like the fish that you do I like the way that it's presented I like the the, the sauce and everything mm-hmm. and then we had it a third time and then the third time she's like no I preferred the second one. Oh, okay and, and even said why. Now the one we had had, it actually came with because you get these little corn, like corn kernels, that that they roast and then salt. And some places they'll just let that's what gets put on the table as like a little starter kind of a thing. Right. Some of them are better than others. Like some you can tell are cheaper ones than other ones. Like some might be really mealy inside you know oh, like if you okay. could imagine biting but other ones are like like I personally really like them like when they come I like have to have my hand in to continually eat these little things because they're okay. so freaking good probably yeah but <laughs> the one place at ceviche they actually put it inside of the juice and so Monica's like I didn't like that I had like I knew the fish was going to be like this kind of mouthfeel but then I had the crunch of that after and I didn't like it Okay. <laughs> so, so very quickly she became like this critic and connoisseur. A ceviche expert. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to continue to hear from her about other places along this, 
you know, the next 14 to 16 days, you know, what, what to experience, what her experience will be with it. But um, yeah, it was nice. It was fun just to be with someone who had never, I know one is very open to trying anything. Right. And also, um, you know, that, that is, uh, that's never had it before either. Just to sort of see what their reaction is um, and trying to choose very specific Peruvian dishes, you know, things that you go elsewhere in the world, they will try to make it. It will never taste the same. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we watched a movie the other night, Phil and I. Yes, okay. It was so well done. So it was on Apple, though. Okay. Because was I guess Oprah had made a deal to do so many things with Apple and this was the last one of her commitments but it was the Sydney Poitier um documentary I just saw that sitting there but I haven't watched it it is so well done you need to watch that it is okay because I don't know what you know about him like, I don't know a lot about him. I right. do know that he was one of the first sort of successful black actors. Mm-hmm. I do know, um, like, To Sir With Love. Yes. Is, right? So I know about that. I think there's yeah. another, guess who's coming to dinner, you know? Yeah. So you know about those things. But yeah. this, this is, I've so, seen those. so he did pass away this year, right? right. He passed away January. Yeah. But he... The documentary was done while he was alive, and he is the one speaking, and it flashes, yes, talking about his whole life, about when he grew up, his first experience coming to the U.S., uh, specific things that happened regarding the, the KKK, like, it was so well done, the reason he took roles and didn't, his, he had, he had two wives, um, through, he had two wives, but he'd also had an affair with Diane Carroll. Mm-hmm. Did you know Diane Carroll is Lenny Kravitz's aunt? I did know that. I did not know that. That was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. He's saying my aunt, my aunt. And then I was like, what? I had to <laughs> Google it. Right? So it is done with him, um, you know, on screen you know talking about certain things but then it would flash to like real things other people in his life so his first ex like his first wife and then his um the wife the current wife all of his daughters he has six daughters but a lot of famous actors producers like spike lee yeah denzel washington morgan freeman yeah, Oprah, uh, and just about how they were such they were such an inspiration and really. Like, Oprah says, "I remember the first time I saw him, and I realized that's a black man, and he's doing that. Like, right. m- maybe I can do anything, yeah. you know." And and giving them hope. His relationship with Martin Luther King Jr. Him and Harry Bottafonte being best friends didn't realize that. I mean, it was just. I mean, the next day we were like, wow, that was so well done. So worth watching. So I recently saw that on like the Apple TV, like, you know, 
like things to watch because I also just watch like I very rarely go on to Apple TV. Um, but I just went like I just watched something on Apple TV that I was going to tell you about today. And yes, I know it is the other one because they both came up on Apple TV and Phil said, which one do I want to watch? And I didn't didn't matter to me, but I'm sure now you're going to tell me the second one. Oh, I don't know. Tell What's me. the second one? I don't think so. I think I'm talking I, about I something different. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Was it on Apple though? It was. It was. But when okay, I watched it, it like I saw yeah. the little icon for the Sydney Poitier documentary and I was like, ooh, I would really yeah. like that. Because as a kid, I loved To Start With Love. Loved so that funny. movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I would, okay, and I you. definitely saw Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, to dinner for sure. Yeah. Uh, my dad is a huge movie buff, right? So he, like, yeah. he, he always had us watching stuff like that. So I'm going to have, that's going to go to the top of my list. No. Good. What I was watching was The Problem with Jon Stewart. Oh, no. Okay. okay. I well, I knew this was not what you're thinking of. So no. I so, and I came across it accidentally because I saw like someone that I follow on Instagram had a clip of it in her stories, and okay. she had a like a, a, it was like a six minute clip of this, and so I. But of course, in the story, you can only see like 30 seconds of it. So then you have to like click on it to like go to the, like it must have been not Jon Stewart's uh, Instagram, but it must have been like the one for the show. And so then they had a six minute video on their Instagram feed. And so I watched the whole six minutes and I thought I need to watch this whole episode. Like I need to see more than just the six minutes, but I've never watched this show before and so I went on to yeah. Apple TV to find it and he has so this the particular episode that I was watching is the first episode in in season two but there is uh, a whole okay. season there is a whole season one that I think I might have to go back and check out but yeah uh, so I watched the first episode of season two and the way that the show works is first it's John Stewart just sitting at a table sort of doing like a it's kind of like late night television right which is what he's known yeah. for you know where he yeah. does like a little blurb a little like uh you know monologue is the word i'm looking for to get the show started yeah. and then he talks about like a bunch of like you know the what the problem is that he's discussing today gives you some okay. some context for the problem then he brought on a panel of people to talk to and so he asked questions of them and they shared their expertise and so they have this whole panel discussion and then they showed footage of him going and actually talking in this episode he talked to the governor's general of is that what it's called? A governor's general? No, an attorney's, the attorney's general of okay. Arkansas. And so it's this okay. whole big clip of him having this conversation with this woman. And then it comes back to him sitting at the desk and he wraps it all up. The whole episode's like 45 minutes long. And it's all about the quote unquote gender wars in the United States. 
And so he's, so he first has this conversation about like, here's the history of, you know, gender in the United States and, and the, the American concept of gender and what's happening, what has happened in the past and what's happening currently that this has now become a hot topic. And then he had Mm -hmm. a panel of experts. He talked to an endocrinologist. He talked to someone in, um, who works as a, as a lawyer in, um, criminal justice and, and, uh, and social justice issues. He also talked to two parents of trans kids. And, and so then they sort of talk about everything. And then he goes and talks to this attorneys general of Arkansas because Arkansas was the first state to make it illegal for kids under 18 to have any gender affirming medical care. So, and so they talk about what gender affirming care is and really like the first step of gender affirming care is to, you know, recognize when someone says this is the gender that I am to say okay that's the gender that you are (laughs) Um, but then you know there are lots of other things you know like as far as using a name that is preferred using pronouns that are preferred you know um, and then and then you know there are other things that can be looked into as a part of gender affirming care that that are uh, like hormones and you know ways to delay puberty and like some different things like that right and so I guess many states throughout 2022 have made this kind of care illegal but Arkansas was the first one and they and they made this care illegal in 2021 and so Jon Stewart goes to talk to this woman to say to 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 just to have a conversation with her to find out you know why is it that the state of Arkansas has decided that they can step in on a medical issue? You know, what is the concern? You know, what exactly is the law? Who, you know, and, and like, I mean, you have, you have to watch it because this conversation was painful. Like painful is the best description because even afterwards like when he's sort of wrapping up the show he he says he's like so I feel like maybe watching this interview feels to you the same as it did for me when I was having it like it was just really bad like this woman is talking in circles she's not saying anything you know like everything she says it it makes no sense and so then he like asks her questions about it she can't answer the questions she doesn't know the details like she you know he's like well what organizations have like supported this decision there are many she just keeps saying things like there are many organizations that support this you know decision you know for us to say you know that that um you know no one under the age of majority can be making these decisions and and so john stewart's like okay well what organizations well well it's all in the briefs i don't know it off the top of my head you know what I mean? like it's just ludicrous and like i was so yeah, I was really taken with his interviewing skills. Like I was really taken with his ability yeah. to, you know, okay. ask meaningful questions, factual questions, um, and not get, you know, like 
agitated even though like he wasn't getting answers that he was looking for and yeah. like you know I just yeah. but I thought even the whole premise of the show like I I loved that he because he even like at the beginning he even like showed old footage of like other people and of himself like from 10 years ago 15 years ago making jokes about gender and so you know and he uh. like speaks about it being in poor taste and you know and and that you know in 2022 you know like moving forward and knowing better and being better educated and you know like it was it I was just really impressed with the whole thing Oh, interesting. I've just looked it up. It's also he it's also released as a podcast. Oh, I think he said that in the show. I think he said that. So and and it would be it would be an easy thing to listen to as opposed to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it sounds it sounds interesting. I I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there's so many podcasts out there. Like, how do you, you know, I know that once you start listening to certain things and they make recommendations of other things, but um you know, I mean, this is like that. I'm just looking at, and so now I'm, of course, I'm, I, I think I will actually watch it. Yeah. And then um, maybe catch up and listen. I mean, I feel but like it sounds, this one, it sounds you have great. To, you have to watch it because you have to see that interview. Like, that's, that's, I think that's part of it is that, yeah, it's to see it, um, you know, the, the, how painful oh, it is oh and it was awful <laughs> there's nothing like you like why did you like did the person who's being interviewed when they agreed to the interview not realize who they were dealing with one yeah well at one point she says something like I didn't realize I needed to be like prepared to plead my case in front of the court or like something like like she made some sort of comment like that and I was like these are not tough questions he's asking you <laughs> like no these are things that you should know off the top of your head right and oh so goodness. then it just makes you think like you can't answer these questions because you're wrong yeah you know yeah yeah oh my god okay anyway oh my god. That, that's, so all, that's all I got I, for you <laughs> Yeah, you know, I started listening to another podcast this week, well, and that's because. Me. So that's because I um, was far behind when I was in Canada. I was listening to an audiobook, and so I didn't listen to podcasts. I did, couldn't listen to Spotify because it wouldn't allow. It, it knew I was in another country, which was very frustrating. So um. I came back and. But the thing is, all of um, Armchair Expert, and there's four different podcast um so that they have under that umbrella yeah. so i had 12 13 episodes of stuff to listen to which is fantastic because i've been like binging all of those however on the other um on apple i have um that's where i listen to smartless right with yep. jason bateman and will arnett and sean hayes yeah so this week i caught up and this week's episode was our last week so our last monday was anderson cooper oh so i listened to that and yeah. in that he was talking about his own podcast that he's just released oh and so okay his podcast is called All There Is with Anderson Cooper. And so the here's the description. It says okay. Anderson Cooper. Take, and you know who Anderson Cooper's mom is, right? Right? Gloria Vanderbilt. Yes. 
And so, so Anderson Cooper takes us on a deeply personal exploration of loss and grief. He starts recording while packing up the apartment of his late mother, Gloria Vanderbilt, going through her journals and keepsakes, as well as things left behind by his father and brother. Cooper begins a series of emotional and moving conversations about the people we lose, the things they leave behind, and how to live on with loss, with laughter, and with love. Oh. Okay. The first episode is just because what's happened is that they, the, where she was living when she, um, at the end of her life and she passed away in 20, the end, like in 2019, mm-hmm. the apartment he had not sold yet because he wasn't ready to go through everything. And so it has now sold and he had to be faced with going through everything. And he said he couldn't just box everything up because there are notes in there, like from Marilyn Monroe, thanking his mother for a dinner party, like (laughs) things that, yeah. yeah. And so he also, he lost his father when he was 10. His father was 50 and had a heart attack. Yeah. And then his, his older brother committed suicide by jumping out the window with his mother watching, pleading with him not to kill himself. Yeah. And so there's all of this stuff mixed up in them. And his mother never dealt with any of that stuff. So right. anyway, um, he actually is like going through her stuff and like in her pajama drawer wrapped up. He, he finds this thing wrapped up and so he unwraps it with a note that says, Andy, these these were your father's pajamas. Oh, wow. Another one where it's unwrapped something and says, this was the skirt and blouse I was wearing the day your brother killed himself. Oh, wow. So all of these things that she intentionally left specifically for him because there's a note with his name. Attached to them all. But he had no idea that that she had None. done in, this. No, in her bedroom, he notices a calendar, like it was a flip-off calendar. The last date on it is the date that her his brother died. Mm, so like every a- morning she got up and saw that. And saw that date. So, and she, and her, I, I had heard her, um, a, a bit of her life story before on it on something else, but he also goes through that because it was just full of tragedy. I mean, yeah. and just how she has come and 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 then he talks about his relationship with her, whatever. Anyways, but each each week he then releases another episode with other famous people who have also lived through tremendous loss. So it was like Stephen Colbert, whose father and two of his brothers died in a plane crash and he and he was also I think 10 years old when this happened and so he shares that and about how moving forward even to this day certain things like you you never Mm. get past that you know um so super it was very emotional and and in in parts he catches his breath by crying like it's seriously I I think I mean there's a lot of lessons in it you know about dealing with grief and not just about the grief of people but because grief of relationships grief Mm -hmm. with employment you know all of that I don't think the feelings of grief are any different Mm -hmm. necessarily it may look different but I think that we 
take it on the same way, right? Yeah, Anyways, yeah. I've only listened to like the introduction one, but it, it, he's actually in his his mother's apartment. Like he's like, I'm in here right now and I'm looking around and I'm in my dad's, this is my dad had bought this and blah, blah, blah. And so, and, and I mean, who doesn't like Anderson Cooper? That's lovely. Nice. And on Smartless, I mean, he's so funny. He doesn't really know any of the guys. He'd met Sean Hayes once. Okay. And it was Sean's guest, right? Because the premise of that show is yeah. one of them invites a guest. The other two don't know until that. And yeah. And so it's, it's it's a very it's a very good episode also. Okay. I haven't listened to a Smartless episode in so long, but I'm gonna have to mm. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that one for sure. Okay, well you're also gonna want to know today's because I it just uh, as I opened the app I saw it's Kevin Bacon. I definitely I definitely need to listen to today's as well then. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. There I was love an, it. an yeah. Now I sent you an episode to listen to because yes. under under the armchair expert they have armchair anonymous, which is now they po- they throw a question out to armchairies who that's I'm an armchairie because I listen, and it they so it, and then they want you to it's a prompt, um and it was wild animals is the one that I sent you. And I've sent it to Phil too because the last the last story I was just freaking I I literally was walking the dog, laughing out loud as I was walking. But I took a drink of water and had to spit it out of my mouth at one point. It was so funny because so with these armchair anonymous episodes, they have like a question that they pose to people, and then people can call in with their stories and so this wild animals one it was really about like an encounter with a wild animal and and so and so you sent it to me and so I'm listening and like the first story was it it wasn't funny like it was just like I was it to be funny but it wasn't funny it was just like this wild story that happened with this wild animal and then and so I was like okay and then they and then another color calls in and they're talking about this story you know when they were camping and then it's a wolf yeah also mm. not funny <laughs> it was no like terrifying but, but then yeah. what was interesting was that they ha- their third caller was calling about the same thing like yes this story and so that initially is what I thought you meant like was so uh, funny and I was like but it's not yeah. like funny like funny ha ha it's just funny like w- like kind of strange that like there was yeah. this event in a campground with a wolf where like where the wolf was like attacking the one tent and a person from the campsite next door came to help and people from both of those campsites called into the show to tell the same story and they did tell the same story from their like alternate perspective so that was so that was like funny in like a strange and interesting way but then in the final 10 minutes of the episode there's (laughs) one more story about a rattlesnake and that was very funny like I was cackling out loud to myself that was really funny yeah um because the guy was a good storyteller yes right I mean the way he told it um 
yeah, and it happened a long time ago. So they those kind of stories grow as uh, yes. as time goes on. Um, uh, but yeah, the 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 other one under the umbrella that I really really like is the flightless bird, and that's mm-hmm. the kiwi who is stuck in America. Um, David Ferrier. And so every week he takes on something that is truly American and tries to understand with hopes that, uh, with the understanding that he will become a little bit more American. Right. Um, and there's great ones in there, like about RVs and our obsession with RVs, but then it, it cycles into um, the um, the growing number of, of people who are living in RVs and just parking on, on streets or in parks, like public parks and stuff. Um, and then they spoke to one guy who is like the landlord of five of these. Oh, so wow. He like rents. Yeah, but he's kind of a slumlord because these are people who have been displaced somehow that, that don't have um, a permanent home. Right. For whatever reason, and then so instead of like living on a str- on the street, they were living in these um, these motorhomes and stuff. It was so that was that was very interesting. There was also one on pornography, which was oh. also very interesting. And about um, like he actually goes and watches like he's there for twelve hours on a shoot, um, and watches how everything is done and the walks away with a different opinion on the whole industry and how, how, yeah, like the, the 10 to 15 minutes before they even begin that all of the actors are sat down and there's a contract sort of written up about what is acceptable to do, what is not like, um, so everybody's on board with, you know, what can happen and can't happen. And yeah, it was, it was, I mean, they're super interesting, you know, especially as a Canadian. Because there are things that you're just like, what? I don't really get that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And then other things that are just as much Canadian as they are American, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like obsessions with bottled water. Why do we pay for... Because he says in in New Zealand, no one would ever buy water. You go into a restaurant and they put a jug of water out. I mean, also in Canada, that's the one thing I like. like in, you know, I'm not paying for tap water. But... I also need to recognize that I can drink tap water in Canada. Yes. Right. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. different. When I, I, you know, here in a restaurant, they charge you a lot more than just going to the grocery store here. I can go to the grocery store and for like 25 cents buy a bottle of water where, you know, I'm going to like SO on the go or whatever. And then I'm paying $3 for a bottle of water. Yeah. I just want to go back for a minute to what you were talking about with the with all there is with Anderson Cooper and like the mm. the premise of this podcast being about loss and grief and and those types of uh, emotions and experiences because okay. it just made me think of a book that I recently read that was it's called Lost and Found. And it's by Catherine Schultz. And the first section of the book is lost. And then the second section of the book is found. I wasn't that taken with the second section of the book. Like, like if, if you were going to look the book up and read it, like I would just say, like, just read the first half and call it a day. Like it was fine. It was fine, but it wasn't great. But the first half of the book 
it was all about like loss. It was lost, like with a T. So it was like things that you lose and people that you lose, relationships that you okay. lose, how it, what, what it's like to be a person who feels yes. lost. You know, like it was all yes. this different stuff. Like, and it was kind of like woven in with a few of her own like personal experiences and memoir-ish, but like it was mostly yeah. like different research and ideas about like losing things and losing um yeah like lose missing so, out on things and it was it was very yeah. interesting and then the second half of yeah. the book of course is the opposite where she talks about found and like feeling like you've been found and understood by another person or what happens when you find something or you know and so there were bits in there that were interesting a lot of it was about her like um her own like quest to get married really and so I think that was maybe oh. why a lot of it was like th this section of the book is not really for me but um but the the lost section was really excellent I really really enjoyed okay. it okay yeah. all right it sounds it sounds um it sounds very interesting. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. just a couple of those things that you're just you were just talking about, like lost, like have you ever like had a piece of jewelry or something and thought you've lost it? Mm-hmm. You know, yes. and that feeling like it's it's like for me, like the physical feeling of that coming up into my body. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't know at what point I recognized when certain things happen that I physically feel that, you know, sometimes you just were, you know, you think about, oh, you've misplaced something and it comes back to you, you know, you're thinking, okay, but I'm pretty sure it was in this bag and that bag. I've retraced my steps. And then, I, but I am really, really aware now of how things feel in my body, like mm -hmm. when they happen and maybe making the connection to it. I don't know. Maybe it's, Maybe it's just about ex life experiences, getting older, being more, paying more attention to it, right? Because what we pay attention to gets more attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right? For sure. For sure. Um, so, but those are, there are uh, anything that is, there's loss or lost. Mm -hmm. For me, does, I do have an actual emotional and physical response to it to it yeah 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 well and I think like since the pandemic there's been a lot of conversation about grief and loss in a lot of different pockets you know um and to a lot of different in a lot of different uh maybe scopes because mm -hmm. you know there are you know people who have been and continue to be lost but but then I think what the pandemic did was it it put everyone in this general like sort of a like a worldwide sense of grief at not just mm -hmm. the not not just the people that were being lost but the the life experience that was being lost or the expectation right. that like the expectation of how things were going to go was lost for everyone mm -hmm. right because mm -hmm. 
anything that anyone had planned or had, you know, thought that they were going to do in the next, you know, two weeks or two months or <laughs> even years, yeah. right. Um, you know, had to be renegotiated. Right. And so, yes. so the, you have, so I think like I've, I've heard in a lot of different books and a lot of different podcasts, a lot of different, even television shows, you know, like this idea of, of grief and loss has really um, come up again and again and again in different yeah. facets. Right. But yeah, because, and, yeah. and even, you know, going back to what you were saying about Anderson Cooper, you know, that it's like, I think when you lose someone or you lose something that was meaningful to you, whether it was a, a relationship or a job or a pet or, or, or a person mm -hmm. that, that, you know, you, you said, you know, that the grief is similar in all of those things, but what changes is how the grief is as time goes by, you know, like I yeah. think you feel grief a very specific way in the first moments and then mm. you know, a year later and then five years later and then 10 years later. And, and, and I don't think that grief ever goes away. It just shifts a little bit. Yeah. The other thing is that uh, grief has always been something <clears throat> that we've taken on ourselves and felt that it is our experience is can't be any it, it's no one else understands it. Yeah. We also feel that when it's somebody else and we under, we know that they're experiencing some form of grief, we don't know what to say to them. Mm. And so we never say anything. It's like, you know, I've, I remember reading in a book, it's like I never speaking somebody's name. Mm. Well, just like if you don't not mentioning that person doesn't like I, I'm thinking about that person every single day. So you mentioning yeah. their name is actually better for me because then I know that you also are thinking about that person. They meant yeah. that much to you. Yeah. Very early in the pandemic, <clears throat> um, you remember Brené Brown came out quite quickly with a series of podcasts and yeah. the one that really stuck with me and has really shifted the way that I think about when some, when I'm experiencing something is that I grew up with, which I think a lot of us did. It's like always thinking, well, someone else has it worse off than you. Yeah. And so it, you diminish the experience that you're having mm -hmm. because you shouldn't really be allowed to feel maybe what the intensity of what you're feeling because someone else out there has it worse than you. But it, the, the, she was talking because I think one of I think her son was supposed to graduate from grade eight and was going to be missing out on his graduation ceremony. Right. And then there was some other event that had something else had happened. I think it might have just been the pandemic itself and that people were dying mm -hmm. and were so sick. And and that she actually like made a comment like and his name's Charlie. I just that just packed in my head. Like, you know, why are you like that? that is so small in the scheme of things. Mm. But then recognizing that for this person, this is the biggest thing that is happening to them or happened yeah. to them. And that's what they feel. So it was the concept of comparative suffering. Mm -hmm. And the number of times that I remind myself of it, 
yeah. also the amount of times that I've actually shared that with people. Mm -hmm. But it did help me with not getting into, you know, quote unquote, a pissing match with people about how bad it is for me living here during this. And you get to at least do this because you're in a different country. The government right. there is treating things differently. You have different resources available as far as health care. But also knowing that like, it's just bad for everyone. Yeah. Instead of me just saying, you know, well, I didn't do this and this and this at the time to up up somebody with it mm -hmm. to make them feel like their experience was not as bad as my experience. Mm -hmm. So I found that very helpful. But that's something that, you know, is not um, just for uh, that one type like for for grief or loss of a person it's about an experience really for anything you know to mm -hmm. be like well they had a better time than I did you know and then I feel sorry for myself about it yeah. like it's no I mean it, it's comparative anything not just suffering yeah. it's comparative joy it's comparative yeah. love it's comparative anything yeah um yeah and and so that in itself is not, I mean, you know, however you experience grief of anything yeah, is the worst thing that you are experiencing yourself at that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, that comparison piece is really important to keep in mind. I'm even thinking about like being in a WW workshop and like, like, at yeah. the beginning of my weight loss journey and thinking like, what are all these people complaining about? What are all these people talking about? Why are all these people like lamenting the five pounds that they have to lose? Like I remember being so irritated with other members yeah. because I was like, these, these people don't know, you know, and it wasn't until yeah. much later on in, in my own journey that I realized, oh yeah, like all these people actually do know <laughs> because yeah. whether it's five pounds or 15 pounds or a hundred pounds, like we're, we do all know, like we're, we're yes. all there, you know, and, exactly. but that took me a long time exactly. to, to come to terms with. Well, I think it's because we, it's hard when you have, you know, uh, you're not happy with your body shape, size, whatever, your look, and you see someone else with, with a body or shape or look that you would, you feel you would be so happy, like you would not have a problem in the world. And so you can't understand why they don't feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, I think so too. I and it's, so. yeah. And it's, and it's bullshit, um, but, but it yeah. doesn't feel like it when you have, you know, when there's such a big space between where you are and where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, well, thank you for, I'm glad that that um, tweaked you to remember that book um, because it, it is something, yeah. I mean, it's, that is uh, it, it was, it a was great conversation to the have. The first yeah, the first half of the book was marvelous, and the second half of the book was good. You know, like okay, um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the whole thing is is worth a read, but the the first half in particular was really okay. something. So we had that was like a a real 
smorgasbord of things to watch and listen to and read. Uh, it's yeah. been a while since we've had the time to, I think, listen to a lot of things and then share what those things have been. So yeah, this is fun. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was very good. So thank you and for for all those cool uh, suggestions for thing new podcasts and old podcasts as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I will catch up with you later. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and um, we will catch you um, next week. Okay. Ciao.